Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 506. When should you book all those extras for your Royal Caribbean Cruise? So I wanted to share with you when you should buy those drink packages, Wi-Fi, and tours. Here we go. Everyone's always looking to figure out how to save money, and of course, when's the best time to buy popular add-ons on a Royal Caribbean Cruise? I probably get so many questions. I probably, I definitely get so many questions about drink packages, especially dining, internet, and shore excursions, because they're the way to really enhance your cruise vacation. While you can certainly go on a Royal Caribbean cruise and never spend an extra dollar on it, I think that most people, and by most, I think a vast majority, do indulge in some sort of add-on package, whether it is a drink package or the internet or shore excursions, they're just part of the cruise experience for a lot of people, right? Certainly, there's a lot of choices when you go on a cruise and how to spend that money. But I wanted to talk about when you should buy these things to save the most amount of money. Now, these are generalizations based on primarily, you know, when's likely to save you the most amount of money. There's always going to be exceptions. And, uh, you know, even when I talk about, you know, before the cruise or after the cruise or whatever, there can be variations in, in pricing and whatnot. But I wanted to give you all kind of a baseline of what to expect and when is the best time to book these things. And really, for most of these add-ons, it's really going to be before the cruise begins. There's a couple of really good reasons why you always want to buy almost all these things before the cruise. Number one is, well, the discounted price. Because Royal Caribbean usually offers a discount on select pre-cruise purchases compared to the price on board. Now, the discounted savings can vary, but in general, you're almost always going to save money pre-booking. Number two, and this is something that's really important to me, is you can break up total cruise costs. So when you buy something before your cruise, you'll be charged for it at that time. If you book it on board the ship, then it goes on to your CPAS account. When I started cruising with Royal Caribbean, I remember getting really annoyed or frustrated, whatever, at the end of the cruise, and I get the big bill, right? It'd be all the drinks, the Wi-Fi, the shore excursions we booked on board. Like it would all just be this giant lump sum at the end. And it was kind of like, it was scary, quite frankly, because sometimes I just didn't know what the price was going to be. This is before the Royal Caribbean app and you could see your your bill going up right it was just kind of like oh boy anyway it just annoyed me but by pre-purchasing certain items you can pay off certain parts of the cruise months or even years in advance which allows you to reduce the cruise bill at the conclusion of your cruise and i find this really incredible helpful that is for budgeting because that way you can you know when you're six months out all right let's buy that drink package here's a couple hundred dollars cool then it's all set it really helps quite a bit also it'll save you time on board because anything you pre-purchase on board, you won't have to waste time buying actually on board the ship. Now, in reality, a lot of these things are pretty easy to book on board. The ship doesn't save you that much time. I think the drink package is the most common one where when you want to buy a drink package at a bar or something, well, number one, there could be a line. Number two, they have to go get the paperwork for you, process it. And listen, it might be a minute or three, but at the end of the day, that's a minute or three that you can be doing something else. It's a lot more fun than sitting around waiting to sign some paperwork. So that's really important as well. And I would argue, most importantly, you can always reprice it if the price goes down. Pre-purchasing is really important. I just talked about the most important things, but the ability to reprice it if there's a better price is another really good reason to pre-book the cruise. No matter what the price you pay today, if there's a lower price at any point before your cruise, you can cancel and rebook. Cruise planner purchases are fully refundable with no cancellation penalties. This means you can book something now and lock in the price, and if there's a lower price later, you can cancel and rebook. All right, so with that in mind, let's talk about when you should book all these things that you can add on to your cruise, starting with the drink package. Because 
The Rokram Injury Package is probably one of the most popular things that's not a shore excursion you can add. And you should always buy it before your cruise because it will always be cheaper online than on board the ship. Royal Caribbean runs many pre-cruise sales these days. And even when there's not an active promo going on, the price of the unlimited drink package is cheaper before the cruise than if you waited to get on board the ship. You'll find the drink package on the Royal Caribbean Cruise Planner website. And it can be a little confusing to understand how much of a discount you're actually getting because Royal Caribbean bases its discounts on an unknown onboard price and then combines it with a, you know, some BOGO deal. Here's the bottom line. Just ignore the promo you see. If it advertises, you know, BOGO 50% off or whatever, the numbers are irrelevant. What you want to look at is the final price. Look at that base price. Say, okay, that's what the out of the pocket, out of the door price is going to be. And then book it based on that. It will always be cheaper than on board, number one. Number two, when you book it today, again, as I mentioned earlier, if there's a better price tomorrow or next week, you can always cancel and rebook. So definitely pre-book your drink package. Next up is shore excursions. And I think it's a really good idea to book your shore excursions about two to three months before your cruise. I've talked about this in other episodes. You know, shore excursions used to be something that I would wait till the very last minute to book because there was really wasn't any need to book it any earlier than that. But these days, shore excursions, especially those sold by Royal Caribbean, sell out much more quickly. Uh, I think it's very important for you to pre-book shore excursions, not only before the cruise, but I would book them as soon as they're available to you. Shore excursions are kind of a mystery as to when they show up. A lot of times I get questions say, hey, I just booked a cruise, uh, we're, you know, whatever months out, and I don't see any excursions on there, only a couple of tours on there. That's okay, it's pretty common. Generally speaking, I tell people wait about six months or so before your cruise, and then you might see an option show up there. It's kind of a guessing game as to when they will be there, but it's a really good idea to book your shore excursions as early as you can months before your cruise because the most popular ones will sell out before you're sailing. In fact, for places like Perfect Day Coco Key, where there's you know add-ons you can do, whether they're cabanas or jet skiing or something like that, they like almost always sell out now. It's, it's crazy how popular shore excursions have become. Again, I don't remember, I actually do remember a time recently where it wasn't too long ago that, you know, you really could wait to the last minute, but there's been this phenomenon, certainly since cruising restarted in 2021, where the excursions on the cruise planner definitely sell out a lot faster. It just seems like people go on there and whether Royal Caribbean is just better at its marketing or people just feel a compelling need to have something, whatever the case may be, tours are selling out. If you're going to Alaska, this is extremely important. Europe as well. Just people seem to have this knack for uh, booking excursions earlier than than I remember it ever being, certainly before 2020. But regardless of that fact, definitely pre-book things ahead of time because th the issue with them selling out is that, well, number one, you're either waiting for them to reopen, which they could, or number two, you're going to do something on your own. Now, a lot of people always wonder, well, if it is sold out today, will there be a, will they open up more slots later on? And there isn't a definitive answer on that. I mean, number one, if somebody cancels, then immediately that inventory goes back onto the website. So that's there's that aspect to it. Have I seen, number two, them adding more spaces? Yes, primarily on board the ship, but you can't count on that. There have been times in which it's been sold out. I get on the Royal Caribbean cruise ship and I go down to the shore desk and they're like, yeah, it's sold out. I get asked to be put on a wait list and the wait list sometimes comes through, sometimes it doesn't. Ultimately, I think it really depends on the vendor and what's available to you. But again, 
free book is definitely the way to go. Also, let's talk about Perfect Day at Coco Key or Labadee. Due to the popularity, I mean, it's just so important to book these as early as you can. I would say if you're looking for a cabana, book at least four to six months before your cruise so that you can assure yourself of a spot there because I feel like cabana, despite the fact that prices for cabanas have gone absolutely insane, people are still booking them. So definitely book as early as you can. Uh, I think the days of cabanas going unsold are pretty much gone at this point. I remember, you know, years ago, we would go to places like Labadee or Kukuki and day of roll in at 10 a.m. And sure, there were unsold cabanas. That's happened. I think the first time we ever did a cabana at Labadee, that was exactly what happened there. But yeah, not so much. Also, let's talk about the Kukuki water park because that does sell out. The entire water park selling out is less likely, I think also because prices have also gone pretty high. But uh, more likely what you're going to encounter is a higher price. So I think it's a really good idea to book the water park about three to five months early whenever possible. And then there's the Coco Beach Club. And the idea of getting, um, you know, getting into the beach club appeals to a lot of people. And that price also has gone up quite a bit. I think, you know, when they first opened it, the beach club was like, you know, $75 was expensive for it per person. But yeah, uh, you really want to pre-book that as well. I would say at least four months beforehand. Other Coco Key extras like the Zipline, Helium Balloon Ride, and aquatic activities rarely sell out. It's more the timing than anything else. Like you may be able to get a last minute zipline ride or helium balloon ride, but it may not be at a convenient time. So if you're interested in a more, in time that works with your schedule, especially early in the morning, which is the most popular times, definitely pre-book at least four months ahead of time. The one thing though, I would say don't book ahead of time is the up, up and away helium balloon. The uh, balloon can only go up in pretty much near perfect wind conditions. And that tends to be fairly rare. My advice is actually hold off and if you get to the island and see it going up, run over and book a spot. You might pay more, but I think it's a safer bet than waiting for an almost inevitable refund when it gets canceled. In Labadee, the zipline is a good idea to book in advance just to get a good time. Again, zipline rides are based on ride times, and it's a good idea to go in the morning before it gets overly hot or the threat of rain grows on. Now let's move on to when should you book an internet package. Just like the drink package, the price of an internet package is always cheaper before the cruise. These packages are good for the duration of your cruise and they're limited per device, not per person. Unlike the drink package though, the Wi-Fi prices rarely ever change. So you don't need to book it well in advance, just book it before your cruise. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, next on my list is the specialty dining restaurants. And these days you should absolutely pre-book a specialty dining package before your cruise, at least a month before you set sail. Ever since Royal Caribbean restarted cruises, demand for specialty dining has gone through the roof. A combination, I think, of pent-up demand and new dining concepts and just people have more cash to spend on vacations has led to a lot more people trying specialty dining. If you're booking an individual restaurant, book it before the cruise. As an example, Izumi Hibachi is probably still the one restaurant you must pre-book before the cruise because it will sell out quite often before the cruise begins. If your cruise is over a major holiday like Christmas, New Year's, or Valentine's Day, pre-book especially restaurant to assure yourself of a spot. Everyone else will be thinking of a special meal on that day, so that's why it's so important. And dining packages are just as popular and it's becoming more commonplace to find dining packages sold out, especially the unlimited dining package. There's usually like a three-night package left over, but if you're going on like a new ship like Icon or Utopia of the Seas, my goodness, they just, people just flock to the dining packages. So uh, for the dining package, I'd book it ASAP. I remember booking the dining package for Icon of the Seas at least a year in advance. And I thought that was silly at the time, but they're all gone now and there's still six months to go 
until Icon launches. Granted, that's the Maiden Voyage, so there's that to be said, but I digress. Moving over to the spa, it's less clear of an advantage when to book a spa service, and it may make more sense to actually wait and book a spa service on board a port day. Deciding to book a spa service before or after your cruise is not always a crystal clear decision, primarily because the spa services offered online don't always match up with the total services offered on board. Spa services are often discounted on the cruise planner with the discount percentage depending on the day and time you select. The most lucrative discounts are usually earlier in the cruise. In fact, you can almost always get a the best price for a spa service pre-cruise if you book it on embarkation day or if you want to go to the spot at like 8 o'clock at night. The challenge in figuring out whether to purchase or not prior to the cruise is each day of the cruise will have a, some sort of a spa special offered. These spa specials are usually combo deals, which are not offered as an option in the cruise planner before the cruise. So in my experience, the cruise planner offers individual services, which are good for those that just want a massage service or therapy. So pre-cruise, you can book simply, you know, 90 minutes of a hot stone massage. Whereas on board the ship, there'll be a deal for like a combo, like, you know, 30 minute hot stone, 30 minute facial, 30 minute something else, right? So that's why it's, it's not apples to apples. You can't say the price is better on board or online. It just varies depending on what you want. If your goal is to get one service, you just want a massage, that's it. Then definitely pre-book before the cruise. But if you're less stringent, you're like, you know what? I wouldn't mind one service, or maybe I will be open to something else, a combo deal then book it on board the ship, especially on port days, because you'll always find the really good deals on board the ship for port days. When your ship is in port, people are off the ship, or again, embarkation day, or eight o'clock at night. In terms of shows for, then again, you can only pre-book shows for Quantum, Oasis, and I'm gonna guess Icon class ships as well. And for those, you want to pre-book shows ASAP, the day it comes out, because they will sell out. Royal Caribbean allows guests to pre-reserve theater shows, again, only on Oasis or Quantum class or probably Icon class ships. If you're on any other class, if you're on a Radiance class, a Voyager class, Freedom class, there's no need and there's no option to pre-book, so don't worry about it. But pre-booking shows like literally sells out within like a day or two of them coming out. It's incredible how people really have gotten up on the whole pre-booking stuff. But here's the thing. Even if you don't pre-book a show, it's irrelevant. I don't say irrelevant. It's, it's not as important as you might think. Number one, there's a lot of no-shows. People book these things. They're like, ah, I'm going to book something, right? And then they realize when they get on board the ship, they're busy doing other things. And it's like, eh, who cares? Um, and, and a lot of times people just can't be bothered to go to it. There's always a standby line. And in my experience, the standby line almost always comes through. Um, you just have to get there like 20 to 30 minutes before the show. You'll wait in the standby line. They'll process everybody else who's got reservations and then let everybody else in again. For most venues, it's not nearly a problem to get in. The biggest one's probably the comedy show because the comedy venues on Oasis class ships are very small. But again, if you get there 20, 30 minutes ahead of time, you'll probably be fine getting into those shows. So yes, if you can, definitely pre-book your show on the website if you're on a, again, on a, a Quantum or Oasis or Icon class ship. But if not, or you miss out, don't worry too much about it. There's no cost, by the way, to make a show reservations. Just to, That's why they sell out like incredibly quick. So there you have it. When you should book, buy, whatever, <laughs> your, your add-ons for your cruise. In most cases, it's before. Some, I think, are more important. Certainly, the show reservations. Anything at Coco Key or Labadee. And uh, I, I think those are probably the most important things to pre-book, like ASAP. Shore excursions in general are right behind that. 
And then when it comes to the drink package and other add-ons, you can kind of have a little more flexibility with that. So hopefully that helps you out with knowing when you should pre-book those cruise ship add-ons. All right, friends, I'm answering your listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I answer emails you've sent me about Royal Caribbean, and we're going to answer as many as we can. You can always email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. First email is from Jason. We're avid listeners of the podcast as it keeps us excited for our upcoming cruise. Our upcoming first cruise in Star Class was booked over a year ago, and we're so excited it's almost here. The way prices are heading, this is probably the one-time experience for us, and future cruises will be back to normal rooms. We're sailing on Wonder of the Seas and are actually sailing in the exact same two-bedroom amphitheater that you sailed in. This will be our first and probably only Star Class experience. I'd love to get any advice you have. Number one, any advice on the pre-cruise communication, how and when to start setting reservations and requests with the Genie. So you'll get a pre-cruise survey and the survey's got weird questions like, you know, if you could dine with anybody in history, you know, who would it be? The survey's not that important. I, you should fill it out. But one time we didn't, it didn't matter. Anyway. Um, the second part of your question is more important, how and when to start setting reservations. As soon as you get that email from the Genie, which comes, I forget, like a month or so beforehand, um, you can immediately email them back with your res- with your request for that. Definitely do it before cruise. As long as you get in before the sailing, you'll be good to get those all in there. Number two, anything special we should know for boarding? Yes, yeah, so um, number one, your boarding time is irrelevant. Your Genie will probably ask you, hey, what time are you getting there? Let them know. Number two, when you get to the terminal, let the there's gonna be a line you don't wait in line don't go to any lines just go to the one of the people that's working there and say you're in star class uh where do you go when you're with star class they will escort you through the terminal you can bypass all the lines so your check-in time is completely irrelevant your the lines are completely irrelevant you just go make sure you tell them that and also when you're doing your luggage make sure they know it's star class because they'll bring your luggage up immediately instead of putting it through the system. So that's definitely important. Number three, any advice on unique experiences we should request? I don't have any celebrations like birthdays, just a nice family cruise with my my brother and his family staying with us in the suite. Um, You know, part of the genie experience in general is there's what's written on paper and there's everything else. And the everything else is kind of, you know, a couple things. Number one, never hesitate to reach out to the genie via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is what you're gonna use to probably communicate with the genie. Um, it's like, in the very beginning, I felt bad about, well, not bad, I just didn't wanna bother them. But in subsequent star class experiences, you know, we would be like at a bar. Wonder if this is a great example. I love the peanut butter and jelly old fashioned that you can only get the mason jar. And we were in the casino. I was like, man, I could really go for one of those drinks right now. Texted the genie. Five minutes later, I had those drinks. Um, so that's like a little thing. Definitely, you're not bothering the genie, you know, as long as you're polite, obviously, with it. Um, make requests there. Don't feel bad about asking for, you know, things to be delivered to your cabin or wherever you are. It certainly makes sense. Uh, number two, I would definitely say, you know, for the activities, take advantage of that. That's one of the best reasons to have a genie is you're not waiting in line for the most popular activities. You know, water slides, um, the uh, ice skating, Laser tag, especially laser tag, my goodness, the line's gonna get super long for that. Definitely take advantage of that. Um, And I think in general, um, you know, you just wanna, don't hesitate to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Anytime you see a line or a wait, ask help. Here's a really easy one. How about elevators? Now, I wouldn't necessarily text my genie for like, I'm going from deck six to deck eight, can I get a genie escort? But they can reserve the elevators for you. So here's what I would do, Jason. 
when, when you're walking back on the cruise ship, right? Or, or when you're either walking off the ship, like to go on a short excursion or walking back, especially, let your genie know when you're walking off the ship, they can escort you down and bypass the elevator line. But when you're coming back, like Coco Key, you're on the pier. I'll text my genie, hey, we're walking on the pier. Can you help us with the elevator? And you have to wait for an elevator. This is a really good thing. So again, message the genie a lot. If it sounds like you're being needy, I mean, kind of are, but I mean, that's the nature of the experience. I think that's part of the appeal of it, quite frankly. Next question is from Angela Baker. Hello, Matt Lewis and all your podcasts and love watching your YouTube videos. My husband and I are going on a wonder of the seas back to back in the Caribbean in January, 2024. We want to go to Mullet Bay Beach. Royal Caribbean has an excursion, but it's short, only four hours, which we would like to have more time out there. We also thought we would walk over to Maho Beach when we're at Mullet Beach since it's close. We will be at port 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We'll probably have to be back by four. Do you think it's possible for us to do this on your own? Is it possible to take your own taxi and be back without missing the ship if we leave by two, or do you think we should be go through the Royal Caribbean excursion just to be safe? Thanks for all you do and all your team does as well. You're also helpful and informative. Angela, you're very welcome. Thanks for the email. I would definitely do this on your own. St. Martin's very easy. Here's what I would do, Angela. I would uh, I would walk off the ship, uh, you know, as early as you can. When you walk through the port area in St. Martin and Phillipsburg, uh, there'll be plenty of taxis and people driving and say, listen, find one that, you know, uh, a driver there. Um, and say, hey, I want to go to Mullet Beach. And if the guy or gal is to your liking, you know, it doesn't seem like overly annoying or anything like that, you know, ask him, hey, by the way, I want to, I, can you provide us a ride back? Which almost always they will. You know, let them know this time, this place, this location, this time, can you pick up? I think there will always be taxi drivers at Mullet Bay or Maho because they're just so popular, but it's just easier, I think, peace of mind to know that you've got a driver there. So let them know exactly what you want to do. You know, they're, they're, I think it's certainly a place, say Martin, where I don't have any fear of that. And certainly, you know, if you want to leave by 2 p.m., to, you know, I, I think if you want to be back by four, if the five o'clock all aboard, that's a great idea. I always, two hours is my rule, Angela, as I think you know. I put, if, if all aboard is five, I would plan to be back on board at three. So that way, you know, if, if there's a bit of a delay, traffic, whatever, you're back at four. Okay, no big deal, right? Um, so yeah, let your driver know what time you want to be back on the ship. They'll let you know, you know, let's meet at this time, this place, and bam, you should be all set to go. So yeah, if, if the, you know, if they're only doing a four-hour tour, and that would mean that you're, if assuming that your tour begins at nine, you know, you'd be done at what or eight a.m. Whatever, you'd be done at noon or one. That's too early. Yeah, absolutely. Ask for do a private one. It's it's, it's pretty easy to do that. Next email comes to us from Mr. Don Goldstein. And Don shared a little write-up about Ravenna to Venice, uh, to Venice Airport uh, as a primary example. Here's what Don said. We recently dis uh, disembarked, explored the season in Ravenna, Italy, and wanted to spend a few days in Venice since we had never been there. There isn't a lot of information available about how to get from Ravenna to Venice and then to the airport. So I thought I'd share our experience. We purchased the Royal Caribbean transfer from ship to Tronchetto Square. Took about two and a half hours to the square. Once there, we took the people mover to the other end of the line. The people mover is an automated train similar to what you see at many airports. It only has three stops and costs whatever it does per euros per person. And using coins is, in my opinion, easier than using a credit card. The square is at one end and the train station and Pizzali Roma is at the other end. Our hotel was a short walk from Pizzali Roma. Remember, there are no cars in Venice, just water taxis. It's also a short walk from Pizzali Roma to a location where you can watch, catch rather, the water taxi. Getting from our hotel to the airport was even easier. 
There are buses that leave every 30 minutes from Pizzala Roma going to the airport. It costs 10 euro per person to be purchased ahead of time at the um, ATVO office on Pizzala Roma. The trip took less than 30 minutes. You load and unload your luggage. The airport is not large and is well marked. You cannot check your luggage until about three hours before your flight. Thank you to Don. What a great resource. Always helpful. Thank you, Don. Appreciate that. And our next email comes to us from Ryan. Hi, Matt. Love your content. We've been listening to you for seven years now. We just booked a trip on Wonder of the Seas for 2024 that's going to Roatan. Any recommendations what to do there? I heard a little French case going through some issues. Have you done any of the David Johnson experiences? I have not, Ryan. Thank you for the email. Little, you know, with Roatan, I feel like a lot of people go to Little French Cat. I've done a lot of tours. Um, one of my favorite websites to go to to find things to do in uh, Roatan is a website called uh, discoverroatan.net. Um, that one usually works pretty well. Uh, there's a number of uh, tours that you can find over there. Um, I think the hardest part is spelling Discover Roatan because there's two R's in a row. But generally, I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. But you can find a lot of different tours to check out. Um, and depending on what you want to do, there's beach breaks and there's island tours, ATVs, you can do animal encounters. I think the last time we were in Roatan, we did a tour through Royal Caribbean that did like the monkey and sloth and a couple other things there. Oh, Daniel Johnson. I think that's what you're talking about. The, the, the sloth thing there. They're all pretty much the same. Um, I don't remember exactly which one I went to when I did the monkey and sloth encounter with the kids, but, um, they're all fine. They're actually a lot faster than you think. So. Yeah, I think you'll be totally fine there. And our last email comes to us from Joe Orlando. Hey Matt, big fan of the channel, so I figured I'd ask you, what are your thoughts on going to Universal Orlando? Previously on a seven-nighter, we didn't have a very long stay. My sister had her rush to Disney, but this cruise, which is an eight-nighter, has us docked from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. We think it will be all right, just looking to use, just not looking to use their transportation since it doesn't look like they use the full-time we're docked thoughts. Joe, Here's what I'll tell you, don't do it. Um, I, I never recommend anybody go to a theme park in, in Orlando if your cruise ship docks at Port Canaveral for the day. I, I understand what you're thinking. Hey, we're there, you know, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. We'll be able to be there. No, it, it's not worth it. You're not gonna get your money's worth out of it. You're gonna be rushed. And the, the transportation time between the port and the parks, then the parking, the fact you're gonna be paying for a one day pass, which is like the worst value at these parks, I'm telling you, Joe, it's not the way to, don't do it. What I would do instead is you book, you go to, you fly to Florida, you go to Universal Orlando before your cruise, and then take a cruise afterwards from Port Canaveral. That's the right play. Don't do the one day thing. You're just gonna be too hard pressed for time. You're gonna have to rush back to the port in late afternoon at best. It's just, you're not, it's not a good value. It's, it's not a good use of your time, and it's gonna be more frustrating than anything else. So I, I think in, despite the fact that you are docked, uh, pretty early and you stay till six, um, it, it's still not a good idea. Your, your better bet total experience is going to be to do a land cruise tour, um, where you do a little, you know, you do the Orlando trip for a couple days before your cruise and then hop on a ship. That is the right play right there. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. You can always email me your questions by emailing them to Matt, M-A-T-T -T, at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt. We'll talk again real soon.